Welcome to the Transcend Human Podcast. I'm Daryl McMullen, and this is a show dedicated to understanding the human condition, the impact it has on us, how we respond to it, how we can exceed the expectations and limitations of this world, in essence, how we can level up and live lives that serve a higher purpose. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the show. This is episode two. Uh, Before we kick things off, I just wanted to have a short little moment of transparency here, uh, talking about the first episode. The great thing, you know, when you start something new, um, you're starting on the ground level, right? You you start something, and it's only up from there. Uh, It can't get worse, hopefully. Um, And so, who knows, you know, 30 episodes from now, we'll probably look back at that first episode and go, wow, that was a little rough. Um, But that's okay. Um, If you don't start somewhere, you don't start at all, right? So glad you joined me for that first episode. Glad we knocked it out. It's in the can. It's done. um, And we're moving on. So today's topic is story. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about what story is, why story is important, Then I'm going to jump into my story um, and just use this episode to kind of give you a short history of who I am, where I came from, uh, that sort of thing, so that then you'll have kind of a foundation for where I'm coming from. So let's start at the beginning. Um, I'll just kind of go through a definition of what story is, the boring dictionary definition. Uh, Basically, there's two entries for story. The first is an account of imaginary or real people and events told for entertainment. So obviously that's your book stories, movie stories, that sort of thing um, in the entertainment industry. Then if you go to number two, it's an account of past events in someone's life or in the evolution of something. So this is really the the story piece that, that we're talking about where, you know, these are people's testimonies, people recounting events in their past, recounting successes, failures, that sort of thing. Um, and that's really uh, what we're going to talk about today. Um, you know, story being something that you live out and then, uh, you know, convert into a, a, a thing that you tell other people um, to really enhance another person's life. So uh, I read an article in the Huffington Post. uh, It's called The Importance of Telling Our Stories by Rachel Freed. Uh, And in the article, she has a couple statements. One, uh, stories connect the past and present to the future. So I thought that was great. You know, telling a story is something where you're recounting something that happened in the past. You're using it to help explain something in the present and hopefully you know because you've told the story and because people heard that story it'll impact their future Uh, so I thought that was great and then later on in the article she talks about um, that a story can awaken future generations to their potential again beautiful beautiful concept that you know when we tell stories and we really put our heart into them and we are honest and transparent that that information can actually impact future generations. It can help them to not only learn from our mistakes, but it can help them to see the potential um, in themselves. And and hopefully they'll run after that as they move into the future. So I thought that was great and would really help just kind of set the stage as we dive into today's episode on story. So... I'm going to start somewhere um, that I didn't really plan on starting. Um, I had this episode kind of outlined probably a week and a half ago. I was really thinking a lot about it. And um, so I put together a brief little outline on how I was going to do it, what parts of my story I was going to tell, uh, things like that. Uh, But this weekend, uh, we had a really rough time here in Los Angeles. Um, I don't know. I'm sure the entire world 
uh, is up to speed on this by now. Um, but woke up Sunday morning um, to the news that Kobe Bryant and his daughter, along with seven other people, perished in a helicopter accident in Calabasas, California, which is just north of L.A., um, not very far from us. And this news was obviously devastating to the L.A. community, as well as the world, but so much more so for uh, people who grew up here in L.A. and watched Kobe Bryant play on the L.A. Lakers. Um, He basically started here, I think, when he was 17, uh, went straight from high school to uh, the pros, and, you know, really grew up in Los Angeles. And over those years, obviously, he's he's had his ups, he's had his downs, um, but all in all, you know, he's definitely woven into the fabric of Southern California. And uh, even though I can't claim that level of connection to him, you know, we moved to Southern California in 2015, so, you know, I haven't been here long enough to really understand the connection that there is, uh, but I can definitely understand, you know, coming from other areas of the country where there were larger-than-life um, sports figures, and I, I can't imagine. You know, I, I grew up outside of Chicago, and uh, if someone had woke up one morning and told me, uh, yeah, something happened to Michael Jordan, he, you know, he passed away yesterday, you know, I, I can imagine the devastation just because of the the huge impact that he had on Chicago at the time playing for the uh, Chicago Bulls. So, yeah, this is a huge deal. And, um, you know, it, it made me think, you know, what, what was it that made him tick? You know, what was, what was his story? And so I went and did a little bit of research. And, you know, aside from the redemption story that, that is part of his life, you know, in that, you know, he, he went through some difficult times. He, he got into some things that, that caused legal problems for him and his family, um, he had to kind of, you know, own up to those things and, and make a decision that he was gonna, you know, put that in the past and start living a different way. I think, uh, that was a, a huge part of his story. Um, but since then, you know, I think he's, he's literally worked to, to kind of reinvent himself and to, to show that he has something to give back to the world. So, uh, in, in my search, I found that he's just an extremely creative person. Um, you know, since basketball, he's worked on a short film, which he won an Oscar for back in 2018, um, called Dear Basketball. Um, he's definitely a family man. Uh, at least that's kind of the way it appears since basketball. You know, he spends a lot of time with his family, uh, has four daughters, and, you know, has has said on the news that he really wasn't looking to stay in basketball, um, but because one of his daughters really took an interest to it, you know, he kind of jumped back in and he started coaching, and uh, so that you know was a huge part of what he was doing uh, just prior to this weekend. Uh, and then there's this thing called the Mamba mentality, which uh, you'll you'll hear a lot associated with Kobe Bryant. And uh, it's a term he came up with to describe uh, a very specific kind of way of uh, interfacing with the world or interfacing with the the thing that you're good at. So for him, it was, you know, basketball. And uh, in in an article in USA Today by Mike Jones, he kind of describes what the Mamba mentality is all about. Uh, So it's a, a level of intense focus, a relentless approach to preparing a competitive nature, the ability to change the course of a game, uh, a level of athletic consistency, and things like, you know, the ability to overcome injury and return to greatness. Uh, These are all kind of elements of that mentality that that Kobe Bryant talked about. Uh, And so this whole Mamba mentality thing uh, really took off, and and it actually became... um, one of those things that that Kobe was into after basketball uh, kind of left his life, uh, and so he had he had built a facility up north of LA, 
and, uh, you know, was, was promoting this Mamba mentality, uh, with kids and with other athletes and, and basically doing like a consulting gig, um, based on that mentality to help other people succeed in their sport. So, uh, you know, just a very interesting, uh, life. And, you know, the more you hear, the more you realize how, how much he loved life and how much he loved his family and how competitive he was and how hard he worked. And, uh, at the end of the day, you know, that's what it all comes down to. It's, it's living a life that is a legacy, that is a story that will live on no matter how long you live. Um, obviously you would hope that you would live a much longer, fuller life uh, than he was able to. However, even with the short, short time he had on earth, um, you know, when you read through the list of things that he gave back to his family and gave back to the world, uh, it's just a great story. So with that said, um, I want to transition into the bulk of this episode, which is kind of telling my story. And obviously, you know, with the the Kobe situation, you know, his story is over in a way, you know, obviously things are going to live on uh, in the future. His, his legacy is going to live on. Um, but his story had a beginning and it had an end, if you will. Uh, and when, when you look at your life, you know, you're looking at only half of a story or three quarters of a story, right? Or maybe even a 10th of a story. Uh, you're, you're just starting, right? You've got things that have happened in the past that can be good, they can be bad, but it's not the end of the story. So I would encourage you, you know, as I kind of talk through some of my stuff, I would encourage you to think about your story and the fact that, you know, there are pieces that you can tell, but there are also pieces that are unwritten. And and those are things that you have control over right now. And you can make decisions in your life to either push you in the right direction or the wrong direction. And, uh, so yeah, uh, let's jump in to, I, I kind of broke this up into two different sections. Uh, the first section is going to be pretty boring. I'm going to kind of talk through school and work and some of those elements of my life. And then once I've talked through that stuff, then I'll move into more of the, the family, social life, um, creative pursuits, things of that nature. So, so basically I started out in a one room schoolhouse, um, in Powell, Wyoming. Uh, we, we had lived in the Chicagoland area growing up and, uh, uh, my parents decided that they were going to try the wild, wild west. And so we moved to Powell, Wyoming, um, I went to school in this one room schoolhouse from, I think, second grade until seventh grade, then, uh, transitioned into the, uh, middle school, the public middle school in Powell for eighth grade. And then, uh, we returned to the Chicagoland area and I went into high school, um, split high school into two different sections. Uh, I was living in Hinsdale, Illinois. Uh, when we first moved back and I went to a day academy there, day school, uh, for freshman and sophomore year, and then, uh, moved away to a boarding academy in, in the summer before junior year, uh, and finished out high school there, uh, at this boarding academy. So that was, uh, junior and senior year. Uh, and then, uh, my parents moved to Michigan And so, uh, in Michigan, we started college, um, got my undergraduate degree. I started in architecture and then decided that wasn't what I wanted to do. So I kind of moved through a number of different ideas. I thought I was going to be a pilot, uh, went into flight, uh, and then eventually wound up in sociology with an emphasis in criminal justice. And I really thought... You know, I, th- I think at the time I really thought that I was going to go into some level of police work. Um, I think with my end goal being working in the FBI or some high level uh, police agency. 
so I started taking state police exams. I, I think I took exams in Illinois, Michigan, and then um, over in Washington State um, and just decided it wasn't the route for me. Um, and so because I had taken all of that time you know, working toward that, I, I was kind of at a loss as to what I was going to do after that. And so I started, you know, looking around for field, looking around the field of uh, mental health and the health industry uh, and ended up taking a job in the mental health field in Illinois. And I worked at a, um, really in an orphanage, I guess you would call it, uh, this place called Mooseheart in Batavia, Illinois. Uh, it was a, a huge campus, a facility sponsored by the Moose Organization, uh, where they they basically took care of kids who were in, in difficult situations, and uh, different Moose lodges around the country would sponsor kids to go to Moose Heart, uh, where, where they could live and go to school and uh, get a good education. So I worked there for a while, and then uh, at some point moved back to the Midwest, well, I guess Illinois is already in the Midwest, but moved back to uh, the South Bend, Indiana area and uh, got a job at a mental health hospital there in South Bend and really started my career in the mental health field. Um, started out in case management um, and then realized that, you know, that wasn't going to pay the bills. So at, at some point I just I just decided, you know, the only way that you're going to make it in this field is if you keep going in school as well. So I went back to school, um, finished out a master's degree in social work and worked to get my licensure in the state of Indiana. So I eventually got my LCSW and just started working as a therapist, um, in the area doing individual family group therapy, uh, worked for a while in the juvenile justice system, worked in the school systems. Uh, there, and then eventually made it to a uh, mental health hospital where I was uh, working in an inpatient unit and um, doing counseling, and then eventually overseeing the program um, there for inpatient counseling. So along that uh, avenue, while I was doing those things, I also had um, hobbies and interests on the side. I was I was writing a little bit. Um, and really my writing at the time, uh, was related to, you know, working in the mental health field and, and kind of trying to wrestle with this interesting disparity I saw between, uh, being a Christian or having a spiritual side that impacted, you know, how you lived and, and the decisions you made, things like that. And then this concept of pop psychology, which you know, I, I kind of learned about in school and, you know, most counselors have, um, you know, kind of a, a background in some treatment modality or some psychological theory uh, in order to do their work. And so, you know, I was kind of wrestling with that on the side, uh, along with other creative outlets. Um, I was teaching myself web design, graphic design, photography, um, you know, just the stuff you do when you when you don't have work to do, you're not working around the house. You know, it's like some people read, some people watch movies. Um, for me at the time, I was just wanting to learn new things. So, you know, I I had bought Macromedia products um, that should date me a little bit, <laughs> as now most of the Macromedia products have become Adobe products. Um, but I bought Dreamweaver, Flash, Fireworks, Freehand, a lot of those uh, programs that Macromedia offered, and just you know started teaching myself how to do web design, graphic design, things like that. Um, did a few freelance projects on the side, and it was during that time when I I kind of was dabbling with things on the side, but also you know I had my my day job, my career. Um, and we were attending a local church and a friend of ours was like, Hey, you know, you should come and, uh, you should come and talk to my boss. Um, she's the communication director at the church and, and she needs some help with some of the web stuff. And I, I th it sounds like something you'd be interested in, you know, maybe you could do five, 10 hours a week, uh, working on the website at the church. 
So I met with the lady and, uh, you know, we kind of talked through the vision for the website and, and she asked me a bunch of questions about, you know, what I could do and if I would be interested in, in volunteering. And so I said, I could try that out. So I literally left that meeting, um, with every password that the church owned (laughs) to all of their, their web platforms, their, uh, social media accounts, you know, just all of those things. Um, and for the next two years, I, I was a volunteer at, at the church doing web design and basically overseeing some of their, their web strategy. Um, and then that eventually led to a full-time job. So, you know, two years in, she said, you know, this, this is a real, a real thing. You know, this is something that you've turned from a five to 10 hour a week thing into a, you know, 30, 40 hour a week job. And we need to hire somebody to do this stuff. So, so I thought about it, prayed about it and, uh, eventually just decided, okay, we're going to do this thing. So, um, I became the web director at that church and, um, you know, did that for about 10 years. And then, um, uh, time just seemed to fly. I mean, it was, you know, 10 years gone like that. And, uh, you know, my wife and I were at the time just kind of thinking through our five to 10 year plan. And we were like, man, you know, South Bend, Indiana, why, why are we here again? You know, there's, there's a really big world out there and, and here we are living in South Bend, Indiana. So we started thinking outside the box and, and, and trying to decide if, if, uh, maybe it was time to, to try something new. Um, and that conversation and that, that, uh, that idea basically led us to, uh, to move clear across the country. And so we moved to Southern California and I took a job as a web director at a, at another church in California and, um, was there probably for three, three years, three and a half years. Uh, and then, uh, over that time I had also been doing uh, a lot more freelance work and consulting and, uh, so kind of moved away from the church at that point and, um, and kind of moved into the, the design and development field, uh, working with uh, a local firm, uh, as well as doing freelance stuff in, in the community. So, so that's kind of where I was at just as, um, as this whole concept of transcend human, uh, came up and I really started diving into, you know, what could it look like to, to flesh out this concept either through writing or as a podcast. So at, so at this point, that's basically what I'm doing. I'm, I'm working full time. Um, and then also doing the podcast on the side. Um, you know, some of you may think, oh, he's, he's a podcaster. It's what he does for a living. No, that's really not the way it works. Um, you know, eventually I guess it could become that. And some of the podcasters I listen to, they, they've definitely made that their main goal in life and it's their thing. Um, but for me, this is really just a side thing as I, as I try to flesh out these ideas and I, I, I knew that the podcast platform would be an interesting way to do it. So, you know, I, I get up at five, five thirty in the morning and I, I write content and I try to record episodes. Uh, and that's really, that's really what it is. It's, it's a side thing that I'm passionate about. And so it's, it's been a lot of fun. Okay. Well, let's shift gears a little bit. Um, like I said, I wanted to break this into two different sections. Uh, the, the first we talked through, you know, school history work history, uh, some of that stuff. But in the, in the second half, I wanted to talk about, uh, creativity and spirituality, which are really, you know, two big pieces of who I am. Um, I think recently I've really wrestled with the whole concept of, of being a creative and, uh, um, you know, as a, as a kid, I did a lot of doodling in school, you know, drawing cars, motorcycles. Uh, for some reason I was into drawing hockey players. Um, you know, just, it, it just seemed like it was a constant thing. And, uh, you know, I, I look back now and I realized that, that, you know, that was me being creative. It was me trying to get 
that creativity out of myself and uh, drawing was just one of those things that I did. Um, I think at the, at the time, or, you know, who knows, maybe teachers looked at it as, as a problem, you know, this kid's a little ADHD or something, and that's why he's constantly drawing because he can't pay attention or stay focused. But, um, whatever the case, uh, when I, when I look back, I can see this, uh, thread of creativity, um, all the way through from, from doodling and drawing to, um, you know, writing poetry, writing short stories, um, just things like that throughout my, uh, elementary and high school and even college years. Um, but I just never looked at myself as, as a creative person. I think I, I looked at, you know, uh, musicians and, and actual artists and, you know, oh, those are the creative people and, you know, they're so good at what they do. Um, I can never be that. I can never do that. So, so, you know, I focused on school. I focused on getting a degree, um, you know, more traditional stuff that would pay the bills and, uh, you know, would be a, an official career that I could say, oh yeah, this is what I do. Um, and so uh, for a while, I guess that was the end of my uh, creative life, my creative pursuits. Um, you know, I was, I was in school, I was working hard, um, and, you know, it left very little time uh, for me to do some of those things that were, were feeding into that creative need. Um, so I think it was probably in my MSW program. Um, you know, I was at a Christian university, I was being taught... Um, that spirituality and any any kind of talk about God or things like that had to be kept out of your uh, clinical practice with your clients. Um, you know, the only the only way you could talk to your clients about spiritual things was if they brought it up and and agreed to talk about it in session. Um, and so, you know, it was it was difficult. Uh, you know, having that Christian background and knowing that. You know, a, a person's belief in God or belief in spiritual things uh, was often one of the main things that uh, could be used to help moderate behavior. Um, and so, so you know, some of that struggle ended up uh, rattling around in my brain, and eventually I put it down on paper. And uh, it's it's where the uh, the manuscript called Controversy Theory came from. Um, it's it's not published. It's it's just a manuscript I wrote in, in kind of working through that and dealing with that early in my career as a, a clinician. Uh, but, you know, at some point, uh, I hope to rework that manuscript. And, you know, Transcend Human is really an offshoot of, of the, some of the ideas and the thoughts that I put into controversy theory. So, you know, as we do this podcast, you know, at some point in the future, there's a good chance that I will um, you know, probably walk through some of the concepts from controversy theory, um, and make them episodes on the show. So, you know, while I'm doing that, yeah, it might be cool to kind of dust that off, rework some of those chapters, and then, uh, eventually see what happens with that book. So, so that was kind of another dive into the creative side. I mean, it was very tied to the work I was doing, but at the same time, you know, it was, it was that creativity coming back out again. Um, and, and it really felt good, um, you know, to get that out. So a little bit later, um, while I was working at the church as a web director, you know, I talked a little bit about how I was, uh, you know, teaching myself web design and, and, and that sort of thing, which then led to the, the new shifted career, uh, as a web director at, at large churches. Um, <clears throat> there was just a, a constant battle, I think, you know, with that creative side, really wanting to do more, um, more creatively than what I had been doing. And so at some point uh, I started, I started reading and, uh, you know, I, I really wanted to learn more about what it, what it meant to be a writer or what it meant to be a creative person. Uh, and so I, I picked up the book, uh, The Artist's Way, by Julia Cameron, and that was really a life-changing experience, reading that book, and really starting to dive into what it means to be a creative person, what it means to be a writer, 
and you know just the tenacity and the the uh, concerted effort that she put into her life as a writer um, you know she talked a lot about her own personal story and some of the struggles that she had had uh, in her life and I just really resonated you know with with those things and you know it's where I first learned about writing as a uh, basically a daily endeavor, something that, you know, you really need to get into the habit of, uh, getting up, getting some words on paper and, uh, you know, really making that a lifelong habit. And so, like I said, just an incredible turn of events in my life, uh, reading that book and, and kind of diving back into that pursuit of creativity. Um, a little bit after that, um, I started listening to podcasts, you know, in Southern California, driving is a thing. Um, I'm sure there are many other pockets in the country where, uh, you have to commute back and forth, uh, you know, from place to place. But in Southern California, it's just, it's life, right? You're in the car for a big chunk of the time, um, getting to work, getting back from work. Uh, and luckily for me, it's not, it's not a huge issue you know, anywhere from 30 to 40 minutes, uh, to get to work and then to get back. Um, you know, but there are people who will be in the car for two hours every morning and every evening uh, to go to and from work. So, so in the car, I, you know, I got sick and tired of listening to the radio. And so I started finding podcasts and, you know, I think podcasts are, are a pretty big deal again, these days, they, they, they kind of started and then they they were not cool anymore. And then, um, you know, they've really picked back up in the last few years, um, as, as just a really easy way for people to, um, you know, to listen to content, to get information, um, you know, and anywhere from driving to exercising, you know, there's just a lot of different places that you can listen to podcasts. And so, so one of the one of the podcasts I found in in my uh, pursuit of writing uh, was a Story Grid podcast with Tim Grawl and Sean Coyne. Um, another huge change in my thought process on how to write and how um, how writing can be a very black and white thing, right? It can be very scripted and prescriptive. Um, there's a formula to it. There's there's a, kind of a skeleton that makes up novels and if if you just know the the formula you know you can you can let your creativity work within that formula and and you'll have a much better product at the end than if you you know just went at it haphazardly um and and just had no direction whatsoever so that was an amazing find as well and then uh, more recently i've been listening to the portfolio life uh, podcast by Jeff Goins, um, and and that's been a really inspiring podcast, just because it it kind of reinforces that issue of what it means to be a creative person and what it means to live creatively, um, the lives of creative people, and so so yeah, that's been a great uh, great podcast I've been listening to lately. Um, and so right around this time, as I was kind of diving back into you know reading about creativity, reading about writing and, and just trying to learn more about it. Um, I, I kind of got this idea for a, a novel, which, which is not just one book, but probably more like a trilogy of, of books, um, an epic fantasy novel. And I really, I mean, it just kind of came to me and I sat down one day and I started writing out, you know, bits and pieces of what it could be like. And, and how it could start and how it could end. And, uh, it, it really ballooned into this massive project. And, um, so that's something I'm really excited about. Um, however, uh, the transcend human thing, uh, came up kind of in that same time period. And it, I just knew that transcend human was more important at this point. It really needed to be something that I looked into and, and addressed, um, before heading down that road of doing something as crazy as a, as a novel or a novel series. So the, the crazy thing though, about all of this is that when I look at all of the creative pursuits that are either 
things I'm working on or things that I could potentially work on in the future, there's just this thread of continuity that runs through all of them. And, uh, you know, when I, when I started thinking about the human condition and what that meant, um, the fact that it applies to everyone and nobody gets to escape the human condition, um, you know, that led to transcend human, which is how can we rise above that? How can we realize that, you know, we get this life and it's going to impact us in a certain way, but that, uh, we have the ability to choose how we respond to it. And then out of transcend human, you know, potentially could come this concept of controversy theory, uh, which, like I said, we'll flesh that out more possibly in the future. Um, but then, uh, you know, what if after controversy theory, um, I kind of dove into that novel series, that trilogy, um, which has a lot of the themes that we're going to be talking about woven into it um, as kind of a, a story about the epic battle between good and evil here on Earth and, and how it could potentially end. So just it's, it's an exciting time in terms of creativity. And I'm really looking forward to uh, continuing with the podcast and, and reworking some of the stuff I did with controversy theory. And then, um, you know, eventually seeing where that leads uh, with the novel. So a lot of good things coming um, in terms of, you know, the creative side of things. But let's turn now to uh, spirituality. So, you know, when I, when I think through the different elements of a person, you know, I've kind of talked through where I was born, schooling, education, um, work history, that kind of thing, uh, creativity, you know, spirituality is a really big one. And, uh, you know, when I try to sum up why it's so important, um, I really, for me, it all comes back to the big three questions. So the big three are, um, where did I come from? Why am I here? And where am I going? And so, you know, the first, the first question is a question of origin. Uh, the second is a question of purpose. And then the third question is a, a question of your future or, um, you know, is there more to life than this basically? So, you know, that's why it's such a big deal. And you've got a variety of different people in the world. You've got people who uh, never choose to even address those questions in their life. And so you would consider those fairly non-spiritual people. And then you've got people who were raised a certain way and they just kind of put that in the back of their head as, yeah, I have those questions answered. You know, I don't, I don't really need to think about them anymore. And then on the other end, you have uh, people who understand the impact that those questions and those answers to those questions have on their life. And so, you know, those, those are the people who are thinking through, you know, if this is true, if I truly believe this, then how will it impact my life? Will it, will it change the decisions I make? Will it change the, the direction I head uh, in my future? So, and that's really at, at the heart of Transcend Human. Um, that's really what we're after is being in that final category where, where you see it as important and you really run after it. Um, so when I think about my childhood and my, my spiritual development, I think that my story followed the fairly uh, normal trajectory that many, many kids my age back in the 70s and 80s grew up with. When, when you're living in a Christian home, uh, most churches back then were mainline traditional denominational churches. Um, they were fairly strict. They were fairly legalistic. Um, you know, you had a list of, of do's and don'ts, and, and that's really what you focused on, right? You focused on being a good person, and that meant not doing a lot of things. Um, that was also kind of championed by Christian education. So, you know, I was in a Christian school for most of my elementary, high school, and, and college years. Um, and so, you know, you had, on the one hand, you had the, the parents that were subconsciously, um, you know, teaching the concepts of legalism. 
um, that, that bad things you do count against you. So you're constantly trying to be good. Uh, every make, every mistake you make, uh, kind of adds up against you. Uh, you need to constantly be, you know, kind of like an accountant, right? You're, you're constantly keeping a ledger of, of rights and wrongs and, and then, um, you know, working to make sure that you get the, the wrongs, uh, checked off by, by praying and asking for forgiveness and things like that. Uh, and really, you know, the Christian education kind of, uh, reinforced that, uh, maybe not to the extent that, that, uh, parents did, but it was definitely there as well. And so, you know, this is, this is just a, a normal, typical upbringing. I feel like in, in that time, I don't blame my parents for, uh, the way that they, uh, lived out their, uh, spirituality and the way that they passed it on to us. I, I just view it as, um, that's the way it was at the time. And so, so that was my upbringing. Um, and then that obviously being in Christian education, that kind of was reinforced and, you know, just having an understanding of the Bible and things like that was something that, that you got in a Christian education. So that was, that was a good thing. That was helpful. Um, you know, being taught some of the, the tenets of the faith and the importance of having a spiritual life, you know, reading the Bible, praying, and really thinking about, you know, how your spiritual life impacted you. Um, that was all part of a Christian education. So, you know, I look back on all that and, and, you know, I believe it was a really big part of my upbringing. Uh, so then at some point in, you know, the high school, college years, um, as with most, uh, kids, I think in that, that spiritual legalistic upbringing, you know, there's a period of, of rebellion where you're just, you know, you just push against everything that you are taught and you kind of run away and, and do your own thing and try out the world and, and see what it's got for you. And so, you know, between 17 and 23, maybe somewhere in there, you know, I, I had a few of those years. Um, and, uh, so the interesting thing is, you know, when you do some studies on um, birth order, um, there's this this concept of the firstborn typically being the one who comes back to their parents' way of thinking. And, you know, I'd, I wouldn't say that I completely did, but there was definitely that um, that idea, I guess, in my in my brain, like I, after I kind of ran away from the faith for a while and did my own thing, um, I think I was probably close to 25 and I, I really started thinking deeply about what I was taught and whether it was true or whether it was not. Uh, and so I did a, a lot of reading. I mean, I, I got my hands on as many books as I could, um, not just from the, the faith tradition that I grew up in, but you know, just all different faith traditions. And I, I just really wanted to read as much as I could read about certain topics. And, and then, you know, having done that, then I would be able to decide, uh, if I really wanted to come back to my parents' way of thinking on some things, or if I, you know, wanted to completely leave and do something different. And so, so that was a, an interesting time. And I, I feel like I really solidified what I thought on many topics at that point, um, and that that kind of laid the foundation then for, uh, for the rest of my life spiritually, I guess. Um, and in terms of like dark days spiritually, um, I would say, obviously we've all had them, you know, and, and during that rebellious period, there were days where I, I did some things that I, you know, I look back on and I would consider that those dark days, but at the time I obviously didn't cause I was, loving life and having a good time. Um, but I, I could clump some of those days into dark days. Um, and then, you know, I've, I've got a, an addictive personality, which is good and bad, right? Um, on the one hand, an addictive personality, um, being a kind of like a perfectionist in a way, those two kind of just come hand in hand. And so when you're, when you have that, you know, you can really do a lot of great things. You can, you can get an idea and you can get hyper-focused on it and you can just knock things out. Um, so it's, so it's very helpful just in terms of who you are as a person and, and work ethic and all of that. Um, 
but obviously an addictive personality is not a good thing when it comes to drugs, alcohol, smoking, um, you know, drinking coffee, all, all of those things. And so, you know, there were some dark days in there where, where some of those things became, um, uh, part of my life. And I really had to decide at some point, like, is this really what I want out of my life or not? Um, and so, you know, those were dark days. And then there was a, there was a period where I lost a job and that was, uh, you know, really difficult time. It really made me question, um, you know, not only my thoughts and beliefs about myself, about uh, work, work ethic, um, about employment and, and the people that were employing me, um, you know, and that it, it all kind of spiraled a, a little bit and, and brought my spirituality into it. So, so that was, that was a difficult time. Um, but in, in terms of, you know, coming through some of those things, um, you know, really opened my eyes to just a whole new way of viewing the world. Um, um, after I got through some of the, the difficulty, some of the pain of some of those things, um, it really opened up in front of me and, and, and I was able to view the world as being full of opportunity and possibility, um, this concept that you should always be doing something new. You should be always learning. You should always be trying new things. Um, you know, when, when you have creative ideas, run after them, you know, figure out where is this coming from and how can I, how can I get some of this creativity out of me into the world? Um, obviously this, this new way of thinking led to the development of transcend human because, you know, that, that was an idea that, that I kind of, started wrestling with recently. And so, um, I was able to really hold on to that and, and try to flesh it out. Uh, and then hopefully, you know, hopefully this is the start of, of many new things to come, um, in this look, viewing the world differently and living with my eyes wide open. Um, it's, it's definitely a, a great time spiritually and, uh, creatively for me. So that about wraps up uh, the, you know, the information about me. Um, the final little section here, I really wanted to just focus in on you and um, your story and, and you telling your story. Uh, you know, we've kind of talked about why story is important. We've walked through, you know, just one way of telling your story. So the way, you know, kind of the way I broke it up, um, you know, I'm a very factual person. So this, you know, this episode is more just about getting information across. Uh, so that's why it was very, um, factual, just, you know, I did this and then I did this and then I did this, um, you know, just one way of telling your story. Um, and you know, a, a person listening to this story, it's not very exciting. There isn't like, you know, a big cliffhanger and then, you know, the climax to the story and all of that. Um, but hopefully, you know, a person listening to the story will be able to resonate with, um, you know, just the, the way that I was raised and some of the things I went through and, and they'll be like, yeah, you know, I, I can understand that. I feel, I feel like I kind of went through a similar, um, a similar upbringing. So, so yeah, when it comes to you and your story, um, you know, what is your story? I guess that's the big question. Everyone has one, you know, it, it may not be a story that would be made into a movie. Um, it may just be a fairly normal average story. But when you think about it, you know, our stories are, are fairly deep. They're fairly long. Um, you know, I'm, I'm almost 50 years old. And so, you know, that's 50 years of, of story in there. And, you know, regardless of whether you can pull it all out and put it into a narrative, um, there's a lot of stuff there. And so the question is, you know, if, if you were to look back over that entire life, you know, what would you pull out? What would, what story would you tell, uh, with, with that life? Uh, or have you even thought about it? You know, uh, maybe your next step is to sit down and, and really do some brain damage on it and just think back and be like, man, what if, if I were to write a story of my life, what, what stuff would I pull out? What would I even put in there? Um, you know, look back at the, the events that have shaped you, um, things that have made you a better person, things that, really impacted you on an, on a negative level. 
Um, are, are you struggling because of some things that happened to you still? Uh, you know, what could you do in the next week or month to, you know, change the trajectory of your life? You know, are there things that you could do that would literally, um, you know, take you off of a path that is heading nowhere and put you on a path um, to doing great things? Uh, and, and finally, um, you know, is there a platform or is there a way that you can tell your story? Is there somebody who would benefit from hearing it? Um, you know, if so, I would say don't be afraid to put it out there. You know, don't just don't just keep all of that information about you uh, wrapped up in your head and all to yourself. You know, other people can benefit from hearing what you've been through and, and how you've struggled um, through life to head in the right direction. Um, I guess, you know, to kind of summarize, a story can be one of the most useful tools in illustrating how you responded to the human condition and how you were able to uh, transcend human. Well, that about wraps up things for today. Um, I, I just want to thank you again for joining us. Um, you know, this, this episode was one of those that I, I feel like is kind of a obligatory episode. Uh, a lot of podcasters, you know, kind of have an, an episode at the beginning where they talk through their story and just kind of give some background, uh, as to who they are, where they came from, um, what makes them tick, all, all of that stuff. So glad we got that out of the way. Uh, it's not my favorite thing in the world talking about myself, but, um, glad we got that out of the way and that we can, you know, kind of head, head in a new direction, uh, starting next week. Uh, we'll dive into some of the, the meat of the things that I really want to talk about. So, um, up next is the human condition. I want to really dig in deep to what that means. Um, and then in future episodes, you know, we're going to dive into some fun stuff. Um, uh, there's this thing I call the happiness debate, uh, in Christianity where, uh, you know, there, there are people on one side who say that we're not on earth to be happy. You know, we're not here for our happiness. And then there's other people who, you know, are, are all about happiness and that, you know, your, your most important thing to do in life is to figure out, um, how to live a certain way so that you can experience happiness. Um, interesting debate. So we'll, we'll dive into some of that. Um, and then just keep rolling into other topics as they, uh, as they come up. So thanks again for joining us, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Transcend Human podcast. For more information, you can go to transcendhuman.com where you'll find ways to contact us and how to access social media channels. If you like the show, you can help us by doing the following. First, tell a few friends about the show. Uh, there's nothing better than word of mouth marketing. Second, you can leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, this will make it easier to find the show and encourage others to check us out. Uh, thanks again for subscribing, and we'll see you next time.